0: You know, Solomon in the Bible was considered or is considered the richest man who ever lived and also considered the wisest man, so logically you would expect that the wiser you are, the more money you would have, right? In fact, in the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible, Solomon categorically said in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 12, he said, Wisdom is a defense and money is a defense. As an engineer or as a mathematician, you would easily say money equals to defense equals to wisdom. That almost puts wisdom in the same pedestal as money. And it goes on to say in another verse that the wisdom of a poor man is despised. It means what exactly is the value of your wisdom? If it has not metamorphosed to wealth, you really can't say you are wise if you haven't proven it in your um, abundance of resources. Drum roll, you're listening to Break Hives Podcast, conversations focused on investment and economic policies to watch out for. Now I'm your host, Zaka. Hello there, you're listening to Brick Hive Podcast. Today's episode will be the beginning of a series I would like to call the money series. Money is such an important topic, but we mostly do not talk about it at homes, on the dining table, during our meals or in marriages. You know, money is some kind of a dreaded topic that um that you might not necessarily find couples deliberating on strategically, you know. just like to go with the flow and it shouldn't be so because if money is such a serious topic, why exactly do we just go with the flow? Money is so important that it is mentioned, in fact, this is according to Forbes, that money is mentioned or referenced up to 800 times in the Bible. In fact, many of Jesus' parables were in relation to Money, you really can't overemphasize the importance of money in society, in communities, and even in the smallest fragment of the community, which is the families. You know, I can go on and on about the importance of money and um, different proverbs that state its, its significance. You know, Solomon in the Bible was considered or is considered the richest man who ever lived and also considered the wisest man so logically you would expect that the wiser you are the more money you would have right in fact in the book of ecclesiastes in the bible solomon categorically said in ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 12 he said wisdom is a defense and money is a defense as an engineer Or as a mathematician, you would easily say money equals to defence equals to wisdom. That almost puts wisdom in the same pedestal as money and it goes on to say in another verse that the wisdom of a poor man is despised. It means what exactly is the value of your wisdom if it has not metamorphosed to wealth? You really can't say you are wise if you haven't proven it in your um, abundance of resources. You know, wisdom should only generate or attract wealth to you. Like I said previously, it would be impossible to overemphasize the importance of money. Recent or more a more recent proverb would say, "Money makes the world go round." You know, and I was listening to Basket in one of his stand-up shows, and he said something that according to today's money, if you're going to do the analysis by, today, by the current value of dollars, Solomon would be worth $2.3, $2.3 trillion. Just imagine how much money that is. Jeff Bezos is the richest man and he's still worth just around one hundred and fifty. Billion, it's not even worth one trillion yet. So we're talking about more than two Apple companies now as the net worth of one man because Apple is worth over a trillion dollars. So if the most valuable brand is still worth just half of Solomon, of Solomon's net worth as at then, and Solomon was considered a wise man. And Solomon already said that money equals defense equals wisdom it means that money is something to be it means that money is something you should pay close attention to but let's not forget that the Bible also says that the love of money is the root of all evil and so many people have different interpretations to that but I'm not here to preach a sermon today. What I want to talk about is money and currency. It is impossible for you to become rich if you don't understand the value of money. It is impossible for you to grow any significant wealth without understanding how money works, its characters, its attributes. What makes money move? How can you attract money? and what exactly is the difference between money and currency because these words are used interchangeably and most of the time out of context. So I'd like to start by, say, by saying that money is simply an exchange for value. Money itself by itself is not necessarily valuable. In fact, I picked up a $100 bill few minutes ago crisp and it smells just as it smells just the same as a crisp one thousand era note so thinking about it they're made of practically the same material but they have different values so the value tied to money is completely reliant or dependent on the value that the government of that Country agrees to tie to it, and then usually there's an apex bank that controls the flow of money. And now, this is where currency comes into play when money flows. In quotes, the flow of money is called currency for easy understanding. Imagine it like a river a river is simply just a uh, water, huge or large volume of water flowing in a um, in a specific direction so currency would be money flowing in a certain direction so money is to water and currency is to river so like a river flows or like water flows in a river money has to flow for it to have value what happens to water when it's stagnant it becomes stale Mosquitoes find it a very good breeding ground. It's the same thing that happens to money when it doesn't flow; it becomes stale. It loses value. Money has had different, um, different attributes over time. You know, you know, centuries ago, money was simply either calories, uh, seashells, or pearls, whatever. You know, these were all innovation to replace the um, archaic trade by butter that was largely inefficient as um, exchange for value. Say for instance, uh, while it was, when it was just trade by butter, if I had a tuber of yam, but I needed um, oil to fry it and I didn't have oil, I would um, need to trade probably half of that tuber with someone who has oil so that I can fry the yam and the person can have yam also to eat. But then it took probably a very long time to find someone who had exactly what I needed and who was willing to exchange for what I was willing to offer. And considering how tedious that would have been, money was invented. But money wasn't as we know it to be now money was something solid you know they, um, they were like i mentioned carries or pearls or whatever they were after a while they realized that those weren't um unique to either a people or a society and were, there was really no way to measure any of those um, things moreover the government had no control over any of those things, say for instance, someone could randomly pick up a seashell or carry you know, the government always needs control to ensure that um, many of these things don't are not abused. So, coins were formed, coins are one of the earliest forms of currencies, and you know, um, governments are allowed to make scribbling, um, scribblings on them, you know, write something and then tie value to that coin. Coins usually were either bronze, silver, or gold, and they were uh, visibly valuable. But as it is in man's nature to improve and make life easier, carrying bags of coins and of silver and gold wasn't as convenient as we would have loved it to be as man would have loved it to be so they came up with banking notes you know money in form of paper and then this paper had uh, had gold backings you know we had gold backing every single paper in circulation so whenever you saw a paper money you had the idea that it was worth several ounces of gold, tucked somewhere in a vault, you know, usually stored by the old banks, then the Medici bank, banks that were started by the Rothschild and the rest. But something serious happened in 1971. President John Nixon in um, in America, the country ran into um, several debts that they couldn't afford to pay. And the president chose the easy way out to print money. Since nobody could account since the entire community or the entire country couldn't count how many ounces of gold were backing whichever paper notes we saw in circulation. He decided to print so much money, paper money in quotes, and then pay off their debt. But it had a um, it had an effect on Money as we know it to be now, it became currency. So what that meant was, or what that means is that you really can't bank on the value of the paper money you you have in your hand, except for the one that the government creates and ties to that money. And even worse now is, everything is going or has gone significantly digital, and even in Nigeria. We've been talking consistently about, you know, going cashless. In more developed countries, we have um, stuff like credit cards, where debt is created out of thin air. So the way it works is, uh, I owe no money at the moment. I get a credit card that says I now I now have ten thousand dollars to spend. I take my card, I swipe it through um, the POS machine in the grocery store or whatever it is, and I spend. from money that never existed. So because I don't need to count the notes anymore, all I have to do is swipe my card and I'm $5,000 in debt now from money that never existed. And I have to work to earn real money to pay back the money that never existed. So it's a little more complicated now and that is why there are more vocabularies attached to money like inflation, deflation, evaluation, depression, recession. In fact, you need a lot more intelligence to handle money in this century. So when I hear people saying stuff like uh, save money, you know, you can save your way to wealth or you can build some some substantial um, um generational wealth by saving money it's, it's, it's just preposterous it's not possible the idea about currency or the, the the new idea is to keep money flowing and the only other the only significant way to do that is to create a channel for money to flow either through a product or a service you can only get mo- money flowing in a direction of value. So what you want to do is create value for money to come to you. Money would not grow if you just save it. Say for instance, in my very short time of being alive, I experienced buying fuel for 11 Naira per liter. And by 2015, fuel was already being sold for almost 145 Naira per liter. That's a whooping one thousand three hundred percent decrease in value, in just seventeen years. So you can imagine what would happen if you keep money and do nothing with it. Say, for instance, I had one million naira just around February this year. Yeah, February. At then, naira was around three hundred and fifty nine naira, three hundred and fifty nine naira to a dollar. Today, as we speak, Naira is about 440 Naira. Without doing anything in less than in less than a month, Naira had lost significant value. And I'm talking in I'm talking in isolation. I'm talking about Naira in isolation now. This doesn't mean dollar hasn't lost value too. Dollar has lost value as well in the past in the past one decade. So just imagine how how strenuous it would be for anyone to think that you can grow wealth by just saving money, it's not even going to become simpler because the advent of cryptocurrency has come to play now. Cryptocurrency was started in 20, in fact, the first cryptocurrency which was Bitcoin was launched in 2009, w- Was launched or well, the first paper was written in 2008 and was launched in, in 2009, that was just after the last. Um, depression, and we're we experiencing another global recession at this time. So it's only logical that one must begin to consider the importance of um, the economies that we are currently experiencing across the world, and in what direction, or what other changes we should expect of money. China has really taken a bold step to. To launch their first, to launch the first national cryptocurrency. This is only a glimpse of what we should expect in the future because it's only a matter of time. US has already has already um, legalised Ethereum and Bitcoin. These were all these were all not possible in say two years ago because even when Facebook. Mark, Mark Zuckerberg decided to launch Libra or announced his launch of Libra, the government kicked against it and China took that as a cue to quicken up their pace on their own cryptocurrency and it's only going to have a spiral effect, it's only a matter of time before other countries begin to adopt cryptocurrency as an exchange, as a legal exchange for value. Before you know it, the, your house, the value of your house will be tied down to either Ethereum or Bitcoin or whatever it is. Blockchain would become the regular banking system. And banks would be forced to improve themselves and become ingenious. If not, you would go out of business. So, we understand that money is not static. We understand that money is dynamic and money can change with time. So, what you should put in, what you should be thinking about at this time is what exactly should I be doing with my money? The car that you have or the car that you want to buy may be worth more than the money you have saved for it in the next few weeks. While I'm not trying to debunk the importance of saving money, I am trying to explain the characteristics of money. In my next episode, I'll be talking about what money means to an entrepreneur and what it means to a regular nine to fiver and how both parties can leverage on money as currency and not as the old understanding of money. That's all for this episode of Hive Podcast. If you like us, do give us the rating. Also, you can subscribe on Google and Apple Podcasts. Visit our website on www.thebrickhive.com and subscribe to our membership for more informative investment tips and our monthly report.